and welcome to Hope Chats. This is episode 10. And I'm so glad that you're able to join us, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, or maybe you're watching the recording. Or for some, this is the first week you actually have our podcast going. So maybe you're just listening to audio on the podcast. But just want to welcome you. Um, and I want to welcome my special guest who knows me really well, and I know her pretty well, but my mom, Donna Holt. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's great to be here, Jim. Yeah. Uh, typically, I call my mom, mom, but just for fun, we're going to switch it up. I'm going to call her Donna because that's probably how most of you will be remembering or referring her uh, to. So it'll be awkward for me, but uh, I'll, I'll go with, with Donna. So, so Donna, we're going to be talking about a couple of things tonight. Uh, specifically, we entitled this, uh, This is Getting Old, and then Strategies for Resilience. And specifically, we want to draw on, obviously, the Bible, but even some of just the practical ways the Bible applies even into the medical realm. And uh, how many years have you been practicing uh, just family, uh, family health or family nurse practitioner? So I've been a nurse practitioner for over 30 years, but specifically in family medicine for over 20, about 22 years now. Um, and family medicine is what I love because it encompasses everybody, uh, birth through death and all the issues in between. So that, that has been my passion. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, for those who maybe don't know uh, Donna super well, uh, she really, really cares for people. And if you do know her well, then you already know that. So I'm not telling you anything new. But she has a big heart for uh, Jesus and a big heart for loving people like Jesus. And I would say I think you see your medical practice almost like a calling. Would you say that? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I could never do this without knowing it's a calling from the Lord. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's very clear. Well, definitely during COVID, we definitely thank our nurses and first responders. So thank you for, for serving and being on the front line and helping those uh, who are in need and getting over COVID-19. Um, yeah, definitely we've been celebrating the last couple of months. So uh, so thankful for you. Thankful for you as my mom and that you're taking time all the way in New Hampshire to Zoom all the way over to Potsdam to talk about some important things. So this is going to be fun. Yes. So let's jump into tonight's content. Um, so once again, the title is called, this is getting old. And when you think of COVID-19 or a lot of things we're dealing with or struggling with, it can feel like it's getting old and we'll look at some strategies for resilience. So the first thing I want to ask, uh, ask you, Donna, is what have you been seeing in your family medicine practice during this pandemic or during COVID-19? What have you been seeing in your family medicine practice? So I guess I guess I could say we've we've just had a lot of change, and not just in medicine, but in in every aspect of people's lives. And what we'll be, we'll be touching on that tonight, and just how that's impacted us. It sure has impacted the the whole medical field. Uh, we've seen uh, shutdowns and furloughs and new job assignments. Um, the word has been the need for flexibility uh, that I never realized just how important that would be and just facing each day. Uh, we've also seen a huge increase in our patient population with anxiety and depression and mental illnesses uh, just on the rise during this time. We're family practice, so typically it's, it's medical but not anymore. We've really had the need to step in and um, talk a lot of people off the roof on a, on a regular basis. Wow. So yeah, a lot of stress for patients, a lot of stress for staff as well as uh, they're working increased hours 
and often in roles that they are not used to or didn't perhaps sign up for. Uh, so lots of lots of change in family medicine in the last few months. Okay. So on our topic of resilience and uh, strategies for resilience, um, what do you mean by that? Like maybe we hear the word or haven't heard the word recently. What do you mean by resilience? And is this something that people are born with or what is, what's that all about? Well, the reason resilience um, has come to mind is just thinking um, through a lot of my patients and a lot of people who are enduring this time, um, some are, are really thriving. And I've mm. just noticed such a big difference in, in those who are thriving and those who seem to be weathering the storm versus those who are really being affected in a negative way. And it's been a challenge for me to, to help people become more resilient. So in thinking about that topic, um, I also think about how I see people. And okay. um, when I do physical exams, I think of three circles, um, the body, the mind, and the spirit together. And I always look at how one impacts the other. My, my exams tend to take a little bit longer because I can't leave one out. Mm -hmm. um, someone yeah. coming in with a headache, for instance, um, may have many reasons for it. And if I didn't know that they just had a family loss or a tragedy, I may approach it as just a symptom rather than part of, of a situation that that person is dealing with. So it's so important to see the interplay of, of all three. And when I thought about resilience, um, I actually found a couple of neat definitions that I wanted to share with you. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Resilience is adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress. Mm. And surely a pandemic qualifies as a significant source of stress. Yeah. It's the ability to adapt to life's misfortunes. It's not a perfect world, and we, we figure that out very early on. And yet some of us will, will go through the disappointments of life and learn from them, and others can be really crushed by them. Mm. And the exciting thing I've learned about resilience is that um, even through our battles, we're growing in it, and it's helping us to become stronger people and actually helping to improve our lives. Um, and we can grow in it. So we're not born with it, but it's like a muscle. It's something that needs to be practiced mm. and uh, put into practice on a regular basis. I think we've been, we've been stretched in the past few months with this pandemic to really be challenged in that area. Yeah. And you know, Jim, I think about um, just people that I have looked up to over the years, like Corey Ten Boom. Right. I think of struggling on, on incredible levels that I have never seen. Um, and yet some of the joy and the lessons that came out of those times of her confinement, um, she's written several books that I have so appreciated over the years and her example of persevering, her example of mm -hmm. resilience, holding on to God and actually seeing good even in the most awful situations. And as we talk a little later about some of the ways we can build our resilience, part of it is really our perspective on what is happening. Mm. And what I've seen in great heroes of the faith, as well as great heroes that we've seen on earth here, um, that ability to keep on going uh, when you can't see the outcome. 
I, I think mm -hmm. I've, I've used the phrase, um, I don't know, more often in the last few months uh, with patients and friends, as we, we deal with a virus and a situation that has no precedent <clears throat> and that we don't have answers for, um, patients will ask, well, how long am I contagious? Mm. Well, can I spread this? Well, do I have immunity if I've had it before? Um, will we have a vaccine? Will the vaccine work for everybody? Will there be enough vaccine? My answers to all of these, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've probably said that so many times in the last few months. Um, and part of being resilient is being able to live with the I don't knows mm. and also realizing that we're not in control. I take great peace in knowing who is in control and that God is in this pandemic. God you know, is very much aware of what's going on with COVID-19, right. even when we yeah. say, I don't know. But it's still hard to live each day wondering what's going to happen and not having the answers that we so desire to have. So resilience is, is something that we can learn, which is an exciting part. The other thing is it's very linked to uh, perseverance and also long suffering. Mm. And I find it kind of neat that sometimes God has a theme going and certainly there is one uh, at New Hope right now. Um, I so enjoyed the poem that Crystal wrote oh, yeah. and that you shared on Sunday about yeah. Lord grant me the perseverance of a weed. Yes. And you know, I'm looking out my window here in New Hampshire and I do have some nice flowers but I have amazing weeds. <laughs> they, are, totally. yeah. they are taking over. Some of them are actually pretty. I, I'm not sure I want to pull them because they kind of fill in some nice gaps. But boy, they are healthy and strong. And if we're away for a couple of days, they just take over. I could be pulling weeds all summer and they would still find a way back. So there yeah. is something about the analogy of a weed that I so appreciated in Crystal's poem. And I just want to read a little bit of it in case you didn't have a chance to hear it on Sunday. But it starts with, Lord, grant me the perseverance of a weed. For a weed can grow with no water. A weed can survive with no care. A weed can thrive in bleak environments. A weed can live even in the shadows where the sun cannot be seen. What a wonderful example of perseverance when we don't see what's going on, when we don't feel it, when we don't have what we need. Yeah. So many applications there. So I also wanted to just kind of liken mm. that with, um, with the definition perseverance, okay. which is doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. It's not giving up. It's showing steadfastness. And the Bible talks about the gift or the fruit of long suffering. And I always thought about, well, long suffering, well, that's just when you suffer for a long time. <laughs> right. um, it seemed to make sense. And it's a fruit because we, we don't naturally get long suffering without Christ's spirit within us, allowing that to come out. Um, long suffering really speaks of the heart of Christ, mm. um, that ability to wait even on us as we can be so disappointing and so difficult at times, and yet his long suffering and mercy is extended to us. And in long suffering as a fruit of our lives, it's not a human effort. 
but it's God's work within us. It helps us to patiently endure hardship. It relates to our attitude towards others as well, and it's a refusal to retaliate or allowing the needs of the other person to really come before our own. Not to retaliate, not to be angry, but to actually put others' needs before our own. And you know, an interesting thing, as we look at ways to build our resilience, one of them really has to do with looking at other people. Because the more we look at other people's needs, uh, it's funny how ours aren't quite as pressing mm -hmm. and how we get so much from helping to meet others' needs too. So we look at resilience, it's perseverance, it's also part of long-suffering, which God gives to us, and it allows us to endure what we really wouldn't choose to endure. And the thing that, it, that resilience mm -hmm. isn't is it's not without pain. In fact, it often does have a lot of emotional pain. In fact, it's growing through that pain that allows us to get to the other side of it wow. and allows us to be strengthened. So it's not an easy process, but it's such a good and necessary one. And it's something we can carry with us. Wow. No, that's super helpful. I love the way you, you broke down the definition and tie that in with perseverance and long suffering. And yeah, I typically don't think of the, you know, the fruit of the spirit, you know, long suffering, you know, you got the love and the joy and the peace, right? The patience, uh, the idea of like having like, so I want that fruit coming as well. And the experiential piece. Um, yeah. And, uh, and even looking at towards others. Um, I appreciate you mentioned Corey Tenboon earlier too. That's a, wow, what an example of the Holocaust and everything she went through, the difficulties and challenges, um, which I don't think anyone who's watching right now or the recording has probably ever been anything like what Corey Tenboon went to and that resilience she had to keep moving forward. Um, but there's so many opportunities to, to completely just, just give up. So no, I really, really appreciate uh, you sharing it, even weaving in Crystal's poem, which I yeah, thought was fantastic, but I'm probably pretty biased on uh, <laughs> her poem, but I think it's awesome. Um, the next thing I want to ask is, what are some ways that we, you mentioned this earlier, but what are some ways that we can build resilience in our own lives? Hmm. Well, I just happen to have a few with me, Jim. There we go. I figured you'd be prepared. <laughs> Well, I mentioned um, like building a muscle, increasing resilience takes time and intentionality. And I know you love that word too. <laughs> um, and focusing on some key components. In other words, it doesn't just happen. We have to really desire it and then seek out ways for it to happen. I'm actually sharing some information from um, the Mayo Clinic, okay. the uh, American Psychological Association and from John Hopkins on some of their stress management mm. um, writings. What I find interesting is how many of um, just good sound psychological health principles really are all biblical. Mm, and wow. the more I thought about it, I just kept thinking of verses that so went along with these points. So see if you join me on that because they, we often take the truth of the word and then apply it to life situations without yeah. realizing that that was the original source. Yeah. One of the first ways of building resilience in our lives is um, through fostering our relationship with God and with others. And Jim, I, I love the creativity of New Hope on doing this. 
um, because you see the Zoom meetings, the services, um, Sunday's musical blend. I don't know how you do all that and how everybody stays together. And it's, it's amazing to me, but this whole pandemic has brought out certain creativities out yeah. of necessity that probably wouldn't have occurred. And it right. all fosters connectiveness. You can be 300 miles away, but I see you quite clearly. And we can do this with friends. We can do this with family members. Um, the services, the teachings, the concerts, the Christian artists who have come on and provided free concerts. Yeah, right. Um, just use, yeah, just using their gifts. It's been so amazing to see that. And um, just to, to see how people are rising to the, the occasion because we so need that connectiveness, don't we? Oh, so much so. Yeah. Just, just being with people and, and being able to maybe not be in the same room or not to get together as easily or as frequently as we would like. But we still can stay connected through phone calls, um, through letters, through texts. Uh, I find myself calling people I haven't spoken to in many years mm. because I can. Yeah. And because I'm thinking about them and wondering how they're doing in this time. So connectiveness is so important. And not just with other people, but also it gives us a chance to really look at our connectedness with God too and evaluate how am I doing in this area? Right. Um, am I feeling connected? And what do I need to do to stay in that relationship? Um, some of you are familiar with uh, the movie and also the book War Room. It's yeah. a great one yep. to watch if you haven't seen it. Do you remember that one? With oh, yeah, that's a great movie. Priscilla Shire. Yeah, so I was always inspired by that movie um, to have a war room. Uh, but one of the characters in the movie has this closet. And in the closet, there were all these little sticky prayer requests. And whenever things were getting stressful, you'd see her run to this literal closet in her house. And you'd just see all these prayer requests that she was praying for. And some were crossed off and some had answers. And I loved that model. And it, it's mm. been on my heart since I saw the movie a few years ago. Well, during this pandemic time, I'm so grateful that one of my husband's home projects was to build me a war room and use a, a closet that was in our son's bedroom uh, full of trophies and party boy books. And I remember that closet. Yes. <laughs> it was quite a mess. So way to go, Dad. Uh, yeah, it was a little, bit, a little bit of a project just finding it. It was bad. <laughs> You'd be amazed. But to see it redeemed and to enjoy a chance to cut off all the distractions uh, has made such a difference in the time that I get to spend with the Lord. I, I get easily distracted. If I come downstairs, I'll turn on the coffee pot or start the dishwasher or look at my planner. And before you know it, what I thought was going to be a half hour just dwindled down. But I'm loving my closet because it's the only thing you do in there. And I'm like, I wonder if this would have been accomplished if we weren't in a pandemic. Mm. And that need for prayer was my war, was my battle. Yeah. Um, so some practical means of just getting closer to God. Some people are journaling more, praying, studying. Um, I have a group of ladies who memorize scripture. They post one every day. Oh, cool. And they've been memorizing a scripture since the um, beginning of Lent. 
and it's a whole lot of scripture going out with comments but wow what a way to nourish nourish all of our souls in doing that so another area is um just self-care and self-grace um often we can extend yeah. grace to other people but not so much to ourselves mm. and in a pandemic um we often give ourselves less care or in any stressful situation, we give ourselves less care when we really need the most. Anymore. And some of that's just the basics, the, the nutrition, um, hydration, sleeping, taking breaks so we don't burn out without feeling guilty about it. Uh, but taking care of ourselves and knowing that that, that is a very important part of mm. being resilient because we can't run on fumes and we can't do much if we're totally burnt out. So the third one is um, finding and maintaining our purpose. Mm. For some people, this time has been a chance to find purposes we didn't know we had, and we mm. can use those creative outlets. Um, and for others, we're really just maintaining the purpose that we know God has already given us. I think of Ephesians 2.10, which says, from here, his workmanship created yeah. in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in these. Our assignment never changed. The way of doing it definitely has changed. Yeah. But sometimes just getting back to our purpose and realizing why we're here really helps in the day-to-day -day frustrations and knowing that we can be and practice resilience and complete what God has for us to do. And then the last one, um, wow, is probably the biggest, but it really has to do with what's going on in our heads. And, and that is just fostering healthy thoughts. Mm, yeah. And some, some of you might be familiar with um, Dr. Uh, Daniel Amen. He talks about ANTS, A-N-T-S, which are automatic negative thoughts oh okay so not ants crawling around well you know jim they're kind of like those that, ants that's what i was thinking at first but what well, can you say automatic was it automatic negative thoughts automatic negative okay. thoughts they just creep in there um little peter found a marshmallow that had been left outside that didn't get toasted and boy it was covered with ants and right. i kicked it into the grass and I thought about that example of mm. negative thoughts that just pop into our head. Um, he describes them as uh, cynical, gloomy, and complaining thoughts that seem to keep coming all by themselves. Wow. Huh. Yeah. And we can be talking about something, and all of a sudden the ants come marching in. You might remember mm. that song. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And we're on a whole other track. So important things with ants are to be aware of them, challenge them, and replace them. Mm. And I think of the verse that talks about taking every thought captive. Right, yeah. And not allowing it to hang out because it doesn't have to. Um, and we do have the ability to actually change those negative thought patterns. I think of like the, the kids' bowling parties, you know, when they put the, the uh, bumper guards in. Mm -hmm. Is there any other I way love, to play bowling? You can play without them? So, I don't think so. <laughs> I feel so good with I the bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at bowling. But yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Put the little bumpers on. Yeah, I love those because it's the only way I get to score in bowling. <laughs> there we go. So I come out with a high score and I feel really good with the little kids. 
But what it does is it blocks the gutter. And mm. there's kind of gutters up in our heads that go immediately to negativity unless we put those bumper guards in and keep them from settling into our heads and then acting on the negative thoughts. So a lot of um, resilience is getting rid of negative thoughts, challenging them, being aware that we might have a susceptibility to them, and also knowing that scripture reminds us to think on things that are good and honorable and pure, yeah. and not to fill our heads with outside negativity as well. Um, news, too much news, too many negative stories, too many theories too much information can so weigh us down. Mm. So one way of dealing with resilient behavior is to get rid of negative behavior. I think of um, the verse that talks about uh, whatever is honorable and pure in Philippians 4, 8, and a song that a friend of mine wrote about it. And I'm not going to sing it, Jim, but I'm just... I mean, you can. You you can if you want, so... (laughs) Thank you. But it says, think about things that are good and lovely. Think about things that are pure and true. Dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it Mm. and sing for joy. It's an old song, but I often still sing it many times when in a tough situation to, to change the thinking, get rid of the ants and kind of focus on what we already know God is doing and God has done. And part of our attitude, too, has to do with with a heart of of gratefulness. Mm. Um, So many people say journal and journal five things that you're grateful for every morning. And wow, that just so goes along with the need for a heart of gratefulness that scripture talks about. But it is a really helpful exercise. While there's a lot we can't do, there's still a lot that we can Right. And, and there's still a lot to be thankful for, even when we have losses that are really difficult. So those are things that um, can really make a difference. Um, so those are the biggies of our relationships, our taking care of ourselves and mm-hmm. others, and also just watching what's going on in our heads and remembering our purpose can all help us to be resilient and to grow in resilience during this time. That's fantastic. And can you just do the, was it point four? You had like three points for getting rid of the ants. What were they again? Was it name it? For the ant part? Change so it, replace it, just remind me. Or three. And, um, yeah, so it's it's being, uh, being aware of them. Aware, yeah. Challenging them. Challenging them. And then replacing them. Replacing them. Yeah. So challenging it, you know, you get a negative thought. Is that really going to happen? Does that really affect me? Um, And then replacing it with something that's good and lovely and pure and true. And I just picture that net that comes through our head and takes thoughts captive and gets rid of them so that we can be obedient to Christ. Amen. That's that's great. Those content's fantastic. There's a lot in it. So I'm thankful that these are recorded because I'm like, I can just go back and like go to point two or point three. Um, uh, so thank you so much for sharing. Um, I do want to make mention for those who are watching and those listening to the recording. Uh, if you're finding this helpful, I know I'm finding this helpful. I love being part of these Hope Chats because I get to learn so much. Um, but feel free to share this on social media, whether you're on Facebook or if you're on YouTube and want to share the link. If you're on YouTube and you find it helpful and you like to 
learn more about Hope Chats, feel free to subscribe also on pod, on our podcast, which just launched this week. You also can subscribe on there. Uh, it's a great way just to get to share uh, these conversations. And I think a lot of us all at different levels are impacted greatly by COVID, you know. And I think that even, uh, I love the title you, you picked out with, uh, this is getting old. I think a lot of us have either articulated that or have like said that like subconsciously, like this COVID thing, this is getting old. It's one thing to sprint, but it's hard when a sprint turns into a marathon. That's what I feel like COVID is, right? You have all the rapid changes. And I think it's like, all right, some of us got hit and hammered right off the bat. So we're just, we're done. But I think there's others of us who are like, let's sprint and make the rapid changes. But then when it's always changing with unknown resolve, then it feels more like a marathon. And that can get where I think the real resilience that you were talking about has to kick in. Um, and so I think uh, there's just so much wisdom in here. Um, your, your medical practice background, people you're seeing, but then also how you connect it to God's word as the source is, is fantastic. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, if anyone wanted to contact you, how can they do that? Um, I'd be happy to uh, share my email. If you have questions uh, related to this, uh, I'd be happy to talk with you more over email. Okay. And um, in the description, uh, the email is listed. So check it out. It should be in the description on Facebook and YouTube, as well as the new uh, Hope Chat website, podcast, other stuff. Check out the description. Um, anything else you wanted to add before we close in prayer? Well, I would just like to close with um, the verse that talks about, Come unto me, mm. all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest in Matthew. Uh, and just to realize that we can come to him and get the rest that we need on a daily basis. And he's right. the best one to give to us. Yeah, that's a great verse to close with. Would you mind praying for those who are watching and listening to this recording? I'd be glad to. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. And Lord, we thank you that you give us that invitation to come to you. We are weary. We are heavy laden. We have huge burdens. And God, I just pray that you will just help us to lay them at your feet, mm -hmm. to know that you are trustworthy, that you are the one that never changes in a world that's changing so quickly, that you are the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, I just pray for those who are struggling mm -hmm. in this. Yes. And God, I pray that you would just encourage their hearts tonight. I pray, God, that you would just allow them to lean on you and know that you are true and that you are exactly who you say you are and that you bend down and you listen and you hear us, God, and you give us strength for each day, bright hope for tomorrow. God, we thank you and we lift our burdens up to you mm -hmm. and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Donna, for preparing and sharing us. It's been fantastic. So, so appreciate you. We're jumping in on Zoom at the end of, I'm sure, a full day just to be able to share with us. Thank you, Jim. Great to be here. Yeah. And uh, thank you for everybody who's watching and listening to the recording. I uh, hope you've been blessed. I know I've been blessed. And uh, this is Episode 10 of Hope Chats. And we look forward to connecting with you in the near future.